Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. 97.1 FM Talk Podcast. This hour of the Mark Reardon Show is sponsored by Gamma Tree Experts. Your trees deserve the best care. Call Gamma Tree Experts. Look, I think the best phrase is simple. It ain't working. The Mark Reardon Show. All of this woke world that we're living in right now is not working. Why are you guys bullying me? Mark Reardon. Say, presidents can't do much. I'm done. Do what you want. Pull the plug. This is the Mark Reardon Show. Well, welcome to Monday, ladies and gentlemen. It's not really a fun thing to say. It's only Monday, but we're going to get you through the week here on the Mark Reardon Show. And it's going to be in fine fashion. And and we have another Fish Fry Friday to point toward, Woo-hoo! which is uh, great. How are you, Sue? I'm great, thank you. Are you uh, are you adjusted from the spring forward? Like, I don't know. I took a nap today for about half an hour, so I guess not. You? Well, I don't think so. Here, here's what happened. So I, I for, you know, we talked about it. It wasn't like I completely forgot about it. However, Saturday night, I completely forgot about it, right? So sometimes you, you might even adjust your behavior. Say, okay, I'm going to bed at 10 because it's really 11, right? Something like that. So I didn't, I didn't do any of that. And then I wake up on, I woke up early yesterday, but I think it's maybe because of the time change. So I yeah. look at the clock, the clock on the microwave in the uh, oven, which don't, switch automatically everything any of the iPhones do and the iPad and um, I think my car even did yeah, but I did looked too. and it was 545 I'm like man what am I doing up so early and then it clicked I'm like oh it's the time change but then I got hit on the other end so listen to what happened so the the family was um, was sleeping and I decided I went downstairs I was quiet I let them sleep I think Alexa slept until about 10 o'clock. Now, she was coming off the birthday party. Big oh, birthday oh. party on Saturday for the 8-year-old. We had like 16 kids at main event in Chesterfield, that bowling alley. How Have you been to that it? place? No. That place is nuts, man. They are like, and, and you walk in, and they have like all of the, the day's schedule for birthday parties. And they one thing that's pretty smart is they <laughs> assign you, yeah, they're churning, churning them, them out, out. But they assign you like a particular person, like Kat was our person. And that way she gets the shoes and she does all these other things. And well, it was very smart. helpful. So we had a good experience there. But anyway, um, then then that was Saturday, right? So then last night, trying to get to bed, and my, my daughter comes out of her room like three times. I can't get to sleep. I'm like, I don't care. Go back to sleep. So this keeps happening. Now, at this point, I'm thinking, okay, well, maybe this is because of the time change and she slept in. Well, Lo and behold, I'm last night at 11 o'clock last night. I'm in the basement with my daughter watching Secrets of the Columbus Zoo on Disney Plus because she couldn't get to sleep. So I said, all right, I've I've done this one other time, like when she had a sleepover. I'm like, I need to distract her and get her thinking from something. So then we're downstairs. She's watching the show. I'm falling asleep. I can hear her yawning, okay? Ah. At one point, I told her, I said, it's a 43-minute show. We're watching 20 minutes, and we're going upstairs. Well, 
I blew that thing because we got to the end of the show and she was like ready to watch another one. She actually says, can I stay down? And I'm like, no, it's 11 o'clock at night. So I finally got her up there. I laid in bed with her for about 20 minutes. I think I fell asleep again and she finally went down. Was so, she just hyped up? Is that I it? Think birthday so. weekend? I think it was birthday activities. weekend. It was just the uh, the time change, every, everything. Maybe the, who knows? D, all of the above. But I didn't get any sleep over the weekend. It was up early and then I was up uh, late last night. So I think it has affected me. But what a weekend. Fred, did you watch some sports? I did. I watched as much as I could. I saw both of the basketball games, you know, SLU and Mizzou, unfortunately. Well, yeah, unfortunately for both of them, right? They right. Um, they mm. both lost in the semifinal. But look, Mizzou gets the seven seed. I was kind of hoping out, holding out hope for a six. I think if they would have won, well, I, I think certainly if they would have beaten Alabama on Saturday and got to the final, they would have been a six seed. But a seven seed against Utah State in Sacramento, California. A lot of people love that Utah, Utah State team, Fred. I'm seeing they're favored right they're now. They're favored, and what are they? They're 10th? Yeah, they're a 10th hey, seed. Are we doing a Mark Reardon show uh, bracket? Well, this is a very good question because Annie just asked that. Her son does something. But remember last year we had a failed experiment. This was my fault. We, we had this idea, and it was I'm going to fill out a bracket because I'm informed and I follow this stuff, right? Uh-huh. So I should do very well. And then Abby, who knows nothing about college basketball, That's is going right. to do the same thing. Who in the end is going to do better? Abby. Well, and I'm not arguing against that, and I didn't argue against it last year, but but I lost the brackets, so oh, we're gonna that's do them right. I think I told Annie I want to get into her sons, and I'll I'll maybe even do two brackets in that, and we'll enter Abby's just for uh, just for the heck of it. We'll right. see. Because uh, I I want to fill one out, but I we used to do a Thomas family one, and nobody did it this year, so I need to do one. Uh, Illinois is in the NCAA tournament. I think they're. One of the eight nine seeds. Simo plays Mizzou tonight. Plays right? on Friday. Okay. They play in the playing game. Fred, do you know that? Is that no, tonight or tomorrow know. night? I don't know. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Simo's yeah. in there, but of course, tonight. if they win the playing game, then they got to play the one seed. Oh, um, which you know that that's how it works. Yeah. But look, you're in the dance. That's there's a lot of teams that are sitting there today, and they're not in like the uh, previous. Preseason number one, North Carolina, who doesn't get into the tournament, and they opted to not even go to the NIT. They said, which I don't blame them, by the way. You're the number one preseason team, and you don't even make it to why, the NCAA. Let's not go to the NIT. They, why didn't they? I read that, and, and I didn't understand it. They were Well, because I, I think I think it's the right decision. The, the NIT is fine for these programs that are, I, I don't know. Why it's didn't a, they make it? That, that's oh, they question. sucked. Oh, they were just terrible. Yeah. So as the number one team, they kept losing at the beginning of the season. Then they fell out of the rankings. They actually had a pretty good run, I think, in February where they were beating some teams. But it just wasn't enough because they lost. Fair you enough. You know, you lose, you lose too many of the key games. Yeah. And, then, and that's one of the things that helps Mizzou because they beat, um, well, they ended up beating Tennessee twice. They had beaten Illinois they there was a couple other ranked teams that they did pretty well against. So, but the soccer team won again. Did yeah, you watch that? Three, three and zero. Oh. That's pretty awesome. I, yeah, I did not see that one. And I don't think people expected that. Uh, the Battlehawks packed the place yesterday. Loved I heard from that. a lot of friends who were there who said it was crazy. Tons of Cronky sucks, sucks chants. <laughs> Um, lots of cronky at, at a certain point, we're going to have to let we that go, let right? That I mean, go. how many years has it been at this point, right? right? I, I, I get way. it that that's part of the but motivator. 38,000 plus? Yeah, that's great. 
Uh, I did not watch that game because I was watching the Players' Championship yesterday, although Scotty Scheffler ah. was sort of running running away with that. It was dramatic early in the day, and then Scheffler started pulling away, and it wasn't quite as dramatic. And I did put the Battle Hawks on for a little bit. Our friend Chris Smith is going to give us an update here this afternoon in the uh, the last segment of the show. Let me kind of outline what we're going to do here as we get started. We have, um, well, I should mention our fish fries continue on Friday. That's at CPOP in Manchester this Friday, Christ Prince of Peace. And we're going to do the roundtable. We had a, a lot of fun. We should maybe go back to Friday a little bit in Eureka. We had a great time. Thank you for the accommodations. Thank you, Father Joe, joining us after 5 o'clock, telling us the uh, infamous bear story from <laughs> several years ago, which was epic. They had people, you know, packing that gymnasium and also coming through in the drive through because they had, you know, that's the other thing about these fish fries. They're sort of adjusting after the COVID era where they had to do more drive throughs and not have people in person. I was impressed by that drive through Yeah, the- it's like a big system, boy. They, they've got yeah. it. They've got it working there. They really do. And I, I was amazed by Father Joe. I mean, wasn't he amazing? The way he could tell a story, and he says, when it comes to the body of Christ, he is the mouth because he just <laughs> talks so much. Wow, that's I've always cute. found. You know, I grew up from a, a Catholic church and school, high school, when I was a kid, and we always would chat with the priests and the brothers, and the Catholic priests have lots of personality, and not that the other priests don't. You know, Fred and I share our Lutheran um, background, and I'm not saying that that they don't, but Catholic priests, I think that's, you know, you have a knack for that, and that's maybe why you do what you do. And then there's the God portion of it and everything, too. I was going to say, perhaps a small portion, yes. Right. But he was very self-deprecating. No. That's good. Yeah, he, he was. He was, he got, you know, it's funny, people um, People get a little nervous. He's up there in front of the, uh, you know, the masses all the time, doing the masses. I couldn't do that. And, <laughs> oh, I And he gets either. nervous going on the rap. I mean, that would be, I, I, I just don't like being in front of a bunch of people and they're looking at you, right? I get it. Doesn't do much. Anyway, Roger Murphy's coming up. Roger Murphy has been getting some attention nationally because he went on Fox locally and did a bit of, a, you know, an interview on the Kim Gardner topic and why he left the department. And the system broke down, completely broke down. The police didn't break it down. We didn't break it down. Kim Gardner broke it down. And then anytime that, it's brought up and uh, it's addressed or tries to be addressed. She points the finger at somebody else and blames somebody else. And then she uses, well, they're picking on me because of a black female. Yeah. No. So he's going to, yeah. he's going to join us a little bit later with more on that. Um, he did that interview with Fox. They've played it on Fox locally. I think even Leo Terrell got involved in this because our Kim Gardner story has gone, you know, quite national. Here's um, Leo Terrell with John Roberts on Fox talking about this earlier. If these officers are so bad, they're still allowed to work. And if there's evidence of any wrongdoing, take them to a judge. All right, let me clarify that just a little bit, because this was one of those officers that was on the list, the infamous list that Gardner had where you can't prosecute the crimes. That's what they're referring to here. Let them have due process. But Kim Gardner, who is basically soft on crime, makes an arbitrary list, and these individual officers can't do their jobs, i.e., they cannot go out and testify in court, prepared documents. This is all wrong. And that officer has is spot on. She is a George Soros prosecutor and she needs to be replaced, John. So we'll hear from Roger coming Ooh. up in the next segment. Thomas Helbig and Bob Kershaw. A little bit later, my friend Neil Salsik with the Mighty Pines. After his fourth chair turn on The Voice a week ago, we have Kusamano this afternoon. Uh, George Haruza. George was one of the, and Sue, you'll remember, he came in a couple of times. We yes. interviewed him. Former candidate for the Missouri Senate. My Senate district actually didn't win that. But he is the son of a Holocaust 
survivor, and uh, he went last week to attend the House COVID origins hearing in D.C., um, so that's going to be interesting. Uh, and Fred, did you like? Was there a stated purpose for doing that, or was it something? Uh, he's a member of the American College of Dermatology COVID nineteen task force. Oh, so it was under that. So I would imagine okay. that's what it was. And then Dave Simons is going to join us. We have this, um, you know, whole collapse of the Silicon Valley Bank to get into as well. Did you watch the Oscars? Before I get to a break, I have to touch on this just briefly. I didn't watch one minute. As someone who is passionate about movies, reviewed films for almost uh, 30 years, if not more, I'm just to that point in my life with Hollywood. I don't give a rip anymore. Most of these movies I didn't even see. Uh, I did see The Winner, Everything Everywhere All at Once. Fred even saw that one. Uh, yeah, I yeah. did. And I, I liked it. Fingers. Still don't know. <laughs> and other things, yes. too. Uh, still really don't know what that movie was about. I was happy for Michelle Yeoh because I thought she was really good. In that film, I know Kate Blanchett was maybe one of the uh, one of the favorites. But did you hear uh, the the interview with Hugh Grant, Sue? Have you heard this? Okay, I saw reference to okay. it, and I clicked on it to watch it. It's supposed to be super awkward, so, and I just couldn't do it. Then I got distracted, and I haven't watched it. So this is Ashley. I don't know who Ashley Graham is. Does anyone know who yeah, she is? Yeah, she's a model, a plus-size okay. supermodel. Right, okay. Who was interviewing people on the carpet. I feel badly for Ashley Graham. Okay, because mainly because I've been in this position before many times where, and you can kind of tell to be given an interview if someone's going to play along with you. It's not like it's different on a red carpet. I've done red carpet interviews too, but somebody comes along, usually it's to promote their film or something along those lines. And then at the Oscars, they tend to ask, well, you know, who made your tux or who made right, your dress? Right. So she's trying everything she can. To get Hugh Grant, who was a presenter last night with uh, with Andy McDowell. And by the way, they didn't look very close. Andy McDowell like got off that stage right away. I'm like, I'm away from Hugh wow. Grant, so I don't know. Maybe there's a backstory I'm missing there. But listen to this thing. What's your favorite thing about coming to the Oscars? Um, well, uh, <laughs> it's fascinating. It's uh, it's uh, the, the whole of humanity is here. It's uh, <laughs> it's Vanity Fair. Oh, it's all about Vanity yeah. Fair. Yes, that's where we let loose and have a little bit of fun. All right, so I think he was referring to the book of that same yes, title. Yes, I, I don't believe she, she caught that. She, but so in her in her She's defense, young. though, well, but in her defense also, he says it's all about Vanity Fair. She's assuming she jumps to the Vanity Fair party, which is a big part of the Oscars, one of the bigger. So I can see that. I can understand, yeah. like, in the moment. But <laughs> this gets worse, actually. Um, what are you most excited to see tonight? To see? Yeah, well, I know that you probably watched a few of the movies. Are you excited to see anybody win? Do you have your hopes up for anyone? Um... Not, not, no, no one in particular. <laughs> I don't think he even knows the nominees. Okay, well, what are you wearing tonight then? Uh, just my suit. Okay. Oh, your man. suit? Who yeah. made your suit? You didn't make it. Um, I can't remember my tailor. That's okay. Yeah. Ta- shout out to the tailor. Yeah. Um, so tell me, what does it feel like to be in Glass Onion? It was such an amazing film. This I- is one of my favorites here. I really oh, loved no. it. I love a thriller. How fun is it to shoot something like oh, that? Oh, no. Well, I'm barely in it. I'm in it for about three seconds. Yeah, but still, you showed up and you had fun, right? Uh, almost. Okay. All right. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you so much. It was nice to talk to you. No, it wasn't. You don't have to lie like that, Ashley Graham. Wow. You know, that was that was an. It, I, you know what? I think it actually looked worse if you saw the video. I was it, gonna say when you hear the audio. Yeah, it's it's worse when you see the video because you can see he's just disinterested and she's like, okay. I thought, she, I thought she did great trying to keep him going. Yeah, she did. Well, because that's not easy, right? You, you would no. expect. As someone who asks questions, you always kind of want to have a backup ready. But when you're not getting even an answer to your first question, you're like, "Uh, okay, what am I going to do, right? (laughs) So I thought that was fascinating. But the Oscars are over. Jimmy Kimmel, I heard some of his lines. I don't know. 
By the way, I watched the Chris Rock thing finally over the weekend. Oh, I need to do that. It was okay. I, you know, the, oh. it was inconsistently funny. There were things that made me laugh on that, and then the whole thing with the with the slap was just like revenge for Chris Rock. I mean, he hammered Jada and Will pretty effectively, and you kind of have to know the backstory with uh, Jada's affair and all that stuff, which is essentially what that whole moment was to begin with. We'll take a break. We're coming back with Roger Murphy, who has called it quits as a detective in St. Louis, and he's not afraid to say why. And that's coming up next on 97.1 FM Talk. Hang in there. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Oh, we have another uh, Protect Your Retirement event coming up with Thomas Helbig and the gang. Bob Kershaw, his nephew, and Thomas and Bob will both join me a little bit later here this hour, 345. We have a, a Monday edition of Sue's News coming up. All, also, Neil Sausick. I'm excited because Neil was picked on The Voice a week ago. He's a local St. Louis guy, has a band called The Mighty Pines, which is awesome. And now he's on The Voice, and he killed it last week. So we'll visit with him. We have Kusamano talking about the Cardinals, the World Baseball Classic, St. Louis City, the Battlehawks, Mizzou, Illinois, slew all of that and more at 445. So this, this story here is going a little national thanks to Fox 2. They did an interview with retired St. Louis homicide detective Roger Murphy, who um, retired a couple years ago but is speaking out about some of the things that are happening happening in our city right now did an interview with fox local that went national fox national has picked that up today and roger's been nice enough to join us as well when he's getting on a day he's getting a lot of attention roger murphy how are you thank you so much for creating a little time here this afternoon oh thank you i'm I'm doing good thank you for having me on your show thank you very much so you um you were on this uh this so-called exclusion list that our circuit attorney has there's about 70 to 80 officers uh, apparently that are on this list because uh Something may have happened, or they allege that something happened with an arrest that would disqualify people like you who are on that list from from cases being prosecuted. Is that a halfway decent explainer of that list, or maybe we don't even know what it's all about? Well, here, yeah, I'm on the list, um, you know, and that's a low number, 70, 75. You're probably more over 100. No one really knows who's on this list uh, because it's a secret list. Um, the department immediately put out a directive to all commissioned officers not to speak of it. So unless you know an officer that's on there um, or he tells you, um, you don't know. Uh, I've just recently found out a couple of people that were on it since I've talked to the news um, that I didn't know. I'm like, what were you on, the li- on, on it for? I had the Punisher logo on my Facebook page. You know, so I was I was put on it, not for anything that I did wrong, no criminal activity. No uh, policy violations, anything like that. Uh, I was critical of Kim Garner during the Stockley uh, right. verdict, where everybody got out and pro- uh, protested in front of the the, uh, the circuit court and blocking traffic, pedestrian traffic, vehicle traffic. And I called Lida Cruson, Lion Lida, and Kim Garner, Kimmy G, in a posting uh, because people are out there committing a crime by blocking traffic and preventing people from going about their day, going to work going to lunch, whatever, they couldn't do it. And that's what got you on the list? That's what got me on the list. And that was posted in September of 2017. And not until 2019, June of 2019, did I get put on this list. Because I started becoming vocal 
about what was going on at the prosecutor's office and how it was affecting cases. Uh, I spoke out about, about Bruce Franks and got chastised about that. And lo and behold, because I'd already had information, uh, rumors, that he was being investigated for thefts. And lo and behold, Bruce Franks gets uh, uh, forced to resign because he was misappropriating funds from the social program that he was um, uh, hooked up with. Yeah, you know, okay. kind of you know, forgot that story. I did. Uh, I kind yeah. of forgotten that story. So you you retired when uh, Roger? It was in twenty one, right? In September twenty one. In in May of twenty one, I decided I'd had enough. I got put out of homicide in, in June of nineteen. To, uh, well, I got put on the list in June of nineteen. In August of nineteen, they put me out because they said I had a bad attitude by then. Um, because well, here I'm sitting here, and all I can do is do nothing but collect dust. So I went back to uniform into the first district. Um, got down there, and as soon as I got down there, like you want, you want to come back to the bureau? No, 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 no. I don't want to do. I'm I'm done with all that. Well, they talked me into it. I went back. Um, couldn't do my job back there. Couldn't apply on warrants. Couldn't do search warrants for phones for robbery suspects that were that when they um, uh, stole phones. Uh, rob somebody at gunpoint, whatever. Um, just couldn't do my job. If I did arrest somebody, I'd have, have I had to get somebody else to apply on the warrants. And there are seven of those cases that are sitting in limbo from 2020 and 2021 on her 4,000 backlogs of warrant applications that are sitting there. You know, so it directly affected how cases were were. Um, yeah, they weren't because they weren't prosecuted. Or she gave out my homicide cases. She failed to get pro, failed to get guilty verdicts because by this point I'm like, you were so your office is so unethical and so dishonest. I don't trust you uh, whatsoever. You know, I did a death penalty case for the state for the uh, attorney general's office. Never was brought up. Plainview Project. None of that was brought up for the for the posting I did. Uh, being critical of a political representative, which is, you know, my First Amendment right and everybody's First Amendment right. Got a conviction in that. But her office, in my eyes, in my belief, is so unethical and so atrocious. There's just not enough adjectives. Yeah, well, and, you know, that's somebody at, at a certain point could say, well, that's an allegation from a former cop. However, we have ample evidence that has built up yes. about that very point over the course of the years. And unfortunately, the state Supreme Court ignored some of that. Roger Murphy's here, retired St. Louis City Police Detective. One of the things in your Fox Digital interview that caught my attention, and I, this one I don't understand at all, Roger, you said that at some point her office was requesting the criminal histories of the victims, not the suspects. Yes. What what was going on there? Yes. So, so normally what you do is when you arrest somebody, you have to get their criminal history. You go, You pull it up. Um, do, with the computer database, you pull it up, you print it out, and you go go down with the report, all your evidence, interviews, video, audio, whatever, and you present the case to the prosecutor's office. All of a sudden, now it became the norm. We need the background of the victim. Why are we doing a victim background information? You know, that's not our job. Our job is to investigate the crime and bring it forward. Hey, you know, I may not have liked what. Uh, a victim did in their life, you know, maybe they were a criminal, maybe they were involved in some criminal activity. I may have not liked it, you know, but it was not my job to sully their name even further, you know, uh, that, that's their criminal history had nothing to do with them 
getting killed. Well, was there ever a stated reason for why they were doing that? No, no, hmm. no. They just kept telling us we got to bring it down. We, we, we need that background information to uh, make decisions. Well, I, towards the end of my career, I started hearing the Zavira Institute, the Zavira Project, Manhattan Project, uh, or Brooklyn Project, what it was, out of New York. Uh, and I kind of started putting pieces together. And it was basically, it, uh, this is a program or, or an institution of supposed justice, and it's to dismantle the, the American justice system, uh, the criminal justice system. Well, um, they're doing a pretty good job of doing that right now. So maybe yeah, they've been they, successful. Yeah, they are. What, Roger Murphy, uh, what, what, there's not a lot of hope here. You know, we, we've been, I've been talking about Kim Gardner for years, uh, even when CBS and, Two, two different reporters swooped in here to do reporting and, you know, blame all the criticism of Kim on race and gender, which is typically what happens. But now it's become too much for people to ignore what's happening in St. Louis. And unfortunately, it took the, um, you know, the removal of the legs of Danae Edmondson to really get people's attention. But where does this leave us, Roger? Because you, you said one of the things you said in that interview, and this is sad. And by the way, I think it's obvious that you don't think people should even go into police work because there's not a lot of hope there. No, no, it, it it would have to. The damage that's been done over the last six years here in St. Louis, just here in St. Louis, would take fifty years to correct. Um, you know, uh, it, it's just I would never tell any of my young family members uh, to go into the first responder um, uh, calling. Uh, go find something else uh, to do because you will be um, the bad guy no matter what. No matter what, they this the social programs that they're putting, and, I, and don't get me wrong, I, I I think there's a an avenue for them. We should be on the same. We should be going on the same direction, coming out of the same train station, but on different tracks because we how we get to these things are two different ways. Um, so yeah, I don't know where we go from here. I really don't um, because. The system is, has been destroyed here in the city of St. Louis. Do, do you uh, think that the effort in Jeff City to bring back the, um, you know, the state control of the police department is a good move? Would that help anything? Oh, yeah, I think it will help greatly. Um, I can tell you when it was being pushed, because um, I was under state control. Um, and all of us old-timers, and I consider myself an old-timer now, all said that as soon as this, as soon as that happens— City political corruption will invade the police department, and it did. I mean, like overnight, um, things just started going down. But nobody wanted to listen to the officers that were on the ground, um, and now we're here. We lost 185 officers last year. We lost 182 years, 182 the year before. We're already at like 33, 35 for this year. Uh, we're on mark to, to hit that 182, even with the pay raises. Um, so, yeah, being under state control uh, will remove. You don't have one chief under city control. You have 30. Right now we have 28 aldermen until April. Then we go down to 14. So you'll have 14 aldermen that are going to be 14 chiefs because they're going to be involved in uh everything they're they're they're, they're going to have their hands and everything you have the mayor's hands and everything you're going to have the board of all, the 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 president of the board of all in there you're going to you can have all these individuals and it gets to a point well who do you listen to well this alderman has this alderman has more power right now so i'm going to be here and be in the captain's office and i want this and i want that well then you got to pull 
you know, people from here. Uh, let's see, today is Monday. Uh, on Saturday down here in the 1st District, on the 311 shift, we had eight officers for the whole southern half of the city, for the whole 1st District. Well, Roger and Sue, what else needs to be done? I mean, obviously this can't go on. Well, the state comes in, then the what else? What what next steps need to happen to get back on track? Well, I, I think they need to shut down the anti-police rhetoric that's coming out of out of downtown. The blaming the police for everything, and I'm not saying, hey, don't get me wrong, policemen are not and, and women they, they do wrong. People, you know, in every prof- profession, sure. But it's mm-hmm. but it's not a blanket that every policeman is doing something wrong, you know, and everything isn't, you know, there's there's shades of gray when you make an arrest. Uh, uh, it looks bad on TV when you have to arrest somebody, um, you know. So my suggestion, or not my suggestion, but I would hope that the, the state would come in and start putting. I mean, why do you see, you don't see the Highway Patrol having these problems uh, with their prosecutors when they have to go to and they have to go to multiple prosecutors in multiple jurisdictions? So I think the state would have more control over uh, shutting a lot of that down and bring the morale back, where the officers feel like, okay, I got support here from my senior leadership of the department and from the political representation because po- politicians are not leaders; they're representatives. They are supposed to represent what we believe. You know, or what we as community want. So I think the state, their first thing would be to uh, do something to bring the morale up. One is pay. I mean, here, uh, yes, we're, we we have low pay here in the city of St. Louis, but we have a great retirement system. Um, but the young guys, the young cows, they're not looking at, you know, like when I came on, we were looking at doing 20, 25, 30 years on the department. Uh, so they have to focus on getting the morale back up and showing, you know, hey, if you're out making an arrest, you know, this guy is not going to go into the system and be out before you get back to the station or write a report because you have to send it down by email. And then it just sits there in, you know, limbo in cyberspace and it just sits there, you know. Um, so, I mean, I think there's a myriad of things that 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 needs to be done. Um, and I'm not an expert at it. I'm just a, a grunt. Uh, but I can see that the morale is, you know, talking to these. I just talked to two officers the other day, have two years on, and they're both leaving. I mean, they, they're like, that pay raise isn't stopping me. I'm going to yeah. still make more money. I'm still making more money to go out to St. Louis County, you know. Yep. Um, you know, so so there's a myriad of things that, that can be done. Uh, I don't profess to be a... Uh, you know, a scholared person or anything, but you know, one of the big, the main things is the is the morale, showing the officers that we are here to back you, and you are not wrong for going out right. and doing police work. And, and good luck you know? with changing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was one of the first things you said. Good luck at changing the rhetoric from city hall or from you know the current prosecutor's office. Roger, thank you so much for speaking out about this. So it's fascinating. Um, you know, I think maybe we'd encourage more formal law enforcement to, to speak up and make these points. But thank you for doing it. Thanks for coming on here this afternoon. All right. Thank you for having me. Thank you very much.
One of the things that I didn't mention at the start of the show that makes a good fit here, Sue, is an update on what happened in Herman because um, there was an officer that was killed, Detective Sergeant Mason Griffith of Herman, who was shot at a Casey's convenience store just before 9.30 p.m. last night. And then you had this uh, standoff. There was another officer, Adam Sullentrop, who's 31 years old, is in the hospital in serious condition. Um, this guy, Kenneth Lee Simpson, who was 35 years old of Eureka, was holed up in this home after the shooting at the convenience store. And they went in and, and got him. I can't remember if the update, I'm looking at the update here because they sent one out. I think that they finally got in there. It says they've arrested him, oh, ending good. a 13-hour standoff after one police officer was killed and another injured. So they get this guy, but it took a while, mm. uh, and some tear gas and things like that. 344, 97.1 FM Talk. Thomas Helbig, Bob Kershaw, talking about our great retirement event that's coming up on the 21st, a week from tomorrow. They're up next. We got another Another in a series. This will be the second of five in uh, our Protecting Your Retirement events with Thomas Helbig, Bob Kershaw, both of those gentlemen from the Retirement Advisory Group in the studio with us right now to talk about our event, which is a week from tomorrow. Gentlemen, welcome back. How are you? Doing great, Mark. We're doing good. Thanks for having us. You guys, you know, every once in a while we'll talk a little bit off the air. Before we get into some of the financial stuff, um, Thomas was asking me a little bit before we started here about my my Vegas trips. But you love to travel, too. Have you been to love fun to places travel. this winter or not? Love to drive. Costa Rica. Oh, yes. I've love never been there. there. It's beautiful. Did the monkeys just come in your room? Is that <laughs> no, what happens? No. <laughs> They're in the trees. <laughs> but, I, you know, I had, uh, I just sold this trip with um, 97.1 FM Talk listeners to Spain. I'm going to Spain in April oh, with nice. a group of listeners. I can't wait. I was there when I was a senior in high school. I've sold these trips over the course of time, and there was only one that didn't work, where when I say didn't work, I didn't have enough people that jumped on the trip. And it was maybe 15 years ago, it was to Costa Rica, because I was trying to pick a place that was um, a little different. But I don't think it's sold because most, you know, sometimes people like to play it safe with destinations, Hawaii, Alaska, sure. Europe. Right. But that, sure. my wife has been there. It's on my list. I've never been to Costa Rica. I heard it's fantastic. Beautiful. It really Bob, is. Bob, did you go anywhere this winter? Did you get out of town? I wish I could have, oh, but no. He too stuck busy. you. We, <laughs> he's, we he have traveled. been way too busy. Yeah, and then he stuck you with all the work, right? That's exactly <laughs> it. <laughs> well, so there's obviously crazy things that are still continuing in the financial markets. We want to tell people that they're absolutely invited to come out next Tuesday. These are awesome events. We'll give you all the details here on signing up in a second. But, Thomas, where, where are we right now with the way the market's working and Jay Powell? And he was just last week, you know, in front of Congress testifying about some of this. They're going to have to continue raising rates. They are not getting a hold of inflation. And if you heard him talking, he said they should have, this administration should have got on this a year and a half ago when they were saying it's transitory. He said now they're behind the eight ball and now they have to continue raising rates which is going to continue making the markets more and more volatile. And they even said, if you heard Charles, uh, what's his name Charles on Fox? Payne? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He said there's still a good chance of a huge market correction. If it happens, we're not sure. But the way they have to keep raising rates is going to keep affecting the markets. You know, they we, said they have to be a lot more uh, aggressive. Uh, aggressive than what they, they had planned on. And we saw the trend, folks. I mean, last year, look what happened. Every time the rates raise, it doesn't bode well with uh, with the market. So, I mean, I think we had hoped that maybe we're going to see some light at the end of the tunnel on some of that, and that doesn't seem likely this year, right? Not right, not right now. Not for a while. They we are writing a volatile a market. Yes, very volatile. And if you're nearing retirement or already retired, you want to get your life savings safe. Get it protected. Learn the strategies we've been teaching for almost 30 years 
linking to the market is so much safer for your retirement savings than owning the market. And that's what we teach at these events. Yeah, so let's get into some of the details. Again, we just need to know that you're coming. we got some spots that are open. Uh, just contact the office in RISVIP, right, if you'd like to come next Tuesday. Yes, uh, go to retirementkey.com. That's retirementkey.com or call the phone number. Yes, you call 314-993-9494. One of the things that we say, and I've said, and, and I know you talk about this during the seminars, is you've never lost uh, a you know, penny never of a client's principal, right? Or gains. Never lost never a client's lost a principal or, client's or their gains. People so when think they get that, a gain, you know, how could that be, though, Thomas? They'll say, how is that possible, We will right? teach you at this. We will teach you at the event. It's we will called linking you. to the market. Mm-hmm. And that's a strategy that's been around for almost 30 years, but you will never hear it. From your wall, from Wall Street. Right now, what you're doing with your 401ks, your 403bs, your your uh, IRAs, you are in the market. You are yeah. riding these volatile markets. You could lose. I mean, last year we had clients losing 27 to 30 yes. percent of their life savings. And they're talking it could even be worse this year. Yes. Folks, you could be looking at a 40% decrease in your 401ks. Imagine what that could do to, yeah. to you your retirement. Yeah. Yeah. Just it, learn these strategies. It's kind of scary because I think everybody knows at least what happens temporarily with the, you know, three years ago with the pandemic. But that came back or at least temporarily came back. But if you're talking mm-hmm. about even a steeper decline, you know, you get in your, I'm in my upper 50s. And now look you start to get this administration, mode, right? it won't come back no. with the way they're running this administration. I don't want to get into politics, but they won't. We had Trump in there, and mm-hmm. the, he had everything going, the economy. We're a complete... It's, it's is there, not is good. there anything in your opinion that would cool? Because Jay, Jay Powell made it very clear what he's trying to do. I think it was Senator Kennedy asked him, well, you're trying to put people out of work, and, and he, he didn't like that question. He said, well, no, I'm trying to cool down the economy, and I think we all understand that. But it's the that. same thing. It is they the same have thing. To get, they want to get unemployment up. Yeah. They want to get two, three, four million people unemployed. That's when it starts slowing down the inflation. And that's the sad part about it. It's a double-edged sword. They have to raise rates, but they have to slow down the economy to bring down inflation. And that's what they're afraid of, a hard landing. And usually when you – they're afraid of major recession. And we're getting close. But, folks, the good news is there is a light at the end of the tunnel. You do have other options. You don't have to risk your life savings. No, you don't. Come, come to this seminar. Let us educate you on how you can link to the market, how we can protect your principal that you've worked so hard for. Awesome. Well, we'll see you on Tuesday. These are fun. One of the things I always like to point out, Thomas, is it's not a big time commitment, right? No. We, Mark and Annie and I will be there. We get there. I roll in about 6.15 after the show. A little meet and greet. Uh, there might be some cookies and a beverage. And then Thomas and Bob take over, make, give away some T-shirts and about an hour. We do fi- we do right? fifteen minutes of uh, uh, do a little trivia, give away some T-shirts, and I talk for forty five minutes. That's it. Perfect. And and you're out. All right, Thomas, Bob, great to see you guys. Thanks for having us. Thanks Mark. for having yeah, us. We'll see you soon. We'll see you we'll next see Tuesday. We'll see you all next. Get more at ninety seven one talk Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 